Okay, welcome back to the Clark and Miller English Podcast. And if this is your first time, which it might be because we have a bunch of new listeners, if it's your first time, then welcome. This intro won't be very long. I want to just get straight into today's topic,、uh, which is all about articles and not just articles really, but more about how you can use different codes in language to relate in different ways. To the person you're speaking to, and how you can invite people into your world with the power of articles.、Uh, it's a little bit of a controversial、uh, topic today. I think what what I'm technically doing in podcast terms is a hot take. A hot take is when you come up with a theory. It's not like research based or anything. It's just your own idea, and this is my own idea about. How we can use articles to really、uh, relate and build a relationship with the person we're speaking to, or not?、Um, how to basically、uh, distance yourself from people? Anyway, we'll get onto it. If、uh, this might <laughs> this might annoy a few people who think about language, there might be a lot of disagreements about what I have to say today, and that's fine. I love it. I love it when people disagree with me. So if you agree or if you disagree with me, either way. Uh, send me an email. It's Gabriel at ClarkandMiller dot com. Also, go and check out ClarkandMiller dot com. We have lots of cool stuff. I'm sure you already know this. We have a, a blog full of free English lessons. We have this podcast with all the other episodes available.、Uh, we have、um, a wonderful book called、um, 102 Little Drawings that will help you remember English rules forever. Probably, I would describe what the book is about, but the title kind of does that already. Anyway, here we go. A hot take on articles, articles, and the stock market dance. Enjoy. Okay, so I'm going to speak quite philosophically about language for a bit, but you'll enjoy it. Trust me. We're going to start a little bit abstract. And then we're going to get more and more specific with lots of lovely, juicy English language examples. So, what is language really like? Let's think of ways of looking at language. I mean, there are lots of ways we can look at language. It's a big thing, and some people、uh, do like looking at language as something very technical. Like some sort of machine with parts clicking into other parts, and everything only running when everything is in its right place. And if nothing, if one thing is out of place, then the whole machine falls apart and doesn't work anymore. And I think this is a kind of misleading way of looking at language. Nothing is for sure. In language, nothing is certain. Everything changes. Or to use a line from one of my favorite R and B singers, Abra, everything dies and everything changes. Everything dies and everything changes. So that might or might not be true for language. It generally is true. Most things in language die eventually.、Um, I mean, some things. Take a very long time to disappear, but you know language changes, and eventually, whatever it is, will eventually go away.、Uh, some things we've had for a very, very long time—they don't seem to be going. Things like、uh, the 
and the number two, the word two, and the word we, uh, they've been around forever. But yeah, everything dies and everything changes. So for me, the machine metaphor doesn't really work. Um, I don't think language is like a machine. My metaphor is much less glamorous, but I think probably more accurate. You know those guys, those guys on the stock exchange, you know, Wall Street. Those big rooms with lots of computers and lots of numbers on screens everywhere. Uh, You see them with their computers and their suits and their very, very stressed out faces. They appear to be doing witchcraft, right? With their special hand signals, manipulating numbers in really random ways and talking on three phones at the same time, as well as shouting out to some guy on the other side of the room. Everything, all at the same time. Crazy, mad room of people doing all sorts of crazy, mad stuff. And what are they doing exactly? Why why are they shouting all the time? Why are they in such a panic? Well, they're constantly responding to new information. Some news comes to them from one phone and then they tell the other guy who asks them a question and they start answering, then change their answer in the middle because the bloke across the room just moved his thumb sideways three times. New information comes and they change their direction of communication. The words change, the answers change, and the hand signals change. It's kind of like some massive, messy, improvised dance. The stock market dance. Yeah, let's call it the stock market dance. It's got a nice ring to it. So yeah, people communicating on the stock market are doing a sort of big dance. And that's how I see kind of how language works too, at least on one level. We're constantly changing the direction of our conversation based on new information. And this affects our words, who we talk to, and even our hand gestures and the way we move our arms and our bodies and everything like that. How we speak, the words we use, the type of information we give... All of that is completely affected by who the person we're talking to is. What she says, how she reacts, things like that. It's also like a dance. It's like the stock market dance. And I think all of that can be summed up in one sentence. What we say depends on what we think the person we're speaking to knows. All right. Let me say that again. We'll break it down later, I promise. But here it is. What we say depends on what we think the person we're speaking to knows. It makes sense. I mean, you wouldn't say to a baby born 10 minutes ago, hey, what did you think of Charlie's speech yesterday? The baby wasn't even born yesterday. You'd probably say something like, oh, look at you, cute little thing. Or maybe even, oh my God, it's a small purple alien. They do, right? They look like purple aliens, don't they? Is that just me? Nah, all babies look like purple aliens for a bit. Yeah, what we say depends on the person we're speaking to. It's also why you wouldn't talk to your friend from New York about what's happening in your favourite local soap opera. 
unless you knew that your American friend already watches that soap opera, in which case, yeah, go ahead. Talk about how the Hernandez twins are going to regret telling Butch about his affair with Margarita and how Tatiana is going to get her revenge by closing down the coffee shop. That's the sort of thing that happens in soap operas, right? But yeah, you get my idea. What you say depends on who you're speaking to. Language is all about what the other person knows, or what we think the other person knows. And there's one piece of English grammar, or a feature of English, let's say, that I think illustrates this point better than any other. And that's how we use a and the. Yep, that's right. We're talking about articles today. Articles are a bit of a pain. I think, despite the fact I'm pre-recording this, I can still hear you screaming at the sound of the word articles. They're a pain. If you're an English learner, I'll bet you my favourite pair of shoes that you're still having issues with articles. And don't worry, you're not alone. Research into English second language acquisition, that's the process of learning English as a second language, this research shows us something really interesting. It shows us that despite the fact that articles are kind of simple, really, learners of English, whether they're from Russia, Turkey, France, Namibia, Japan, Abu Dhabi, wherever in the world they're from, the research shows that everyone has problems with articles all the way up to high advanced levels. In fact, it's often the last bit of English that people fully learn. But as I mentioned earlier, they demonstrate the stock market dance of language better than anything else. They're very pure. Now, if you bought a copy of my book, 102 Little Drawings That Will Help You Remember English Rules Forever, probably, you'll be a bit more familiar with this. Um, on page 61, uh, there's a picture to help you understand the main difference between a and the. Of course, you might not have the book, so let me describe the picture. On the page, you see two people facing each other. There's a thought bubble coming out of these people's heads, both of them. And in the thought bubble, there's a picture of a cat, because I love cats. But the thought bubble is coming out of both people's heads. That's important. This means that they're both thinking about the same cat. They both know about the same cat. One of the people is speaking. We know this because there's a speech bubble coming out of his mouth. In the speech bubble are the words, the cat. They're both thinking of the same thing, the same cat. So the speaker uses the in the second picture, we see the same two guys, same situation, facing each other. But this time, the thought bubble is only coming out of one of their heads. Meaning that only one of them knows about this particular cat. The other guy's never met the cat, has no image of this cat, doesn't know anything about this cat. Again, there's a speech bubble coming out of the speaker's mouth. But this time, it's 
a cat. The speaker knows that his listener doesn't know about the cat, so he uses a. You and the person listening to you know what you're talking about, then you use the. The person listening to you doesn't know what you're talking about, then it's a. Got it? And that is the core of language in human interaction. It's all about what the other person knows, or at least what you think the other person knows. And that shows the beauty of the stock market dance perfectly. Okay, by now, you're probably saying, yeah, yeah, okay, I know all this stuff. You use a when you're introducing something in a conversation, and afterwards you use the. Yeah, I know this, you know, I just can't use it in conversation. And sure, I know you know this. That's exactly what I'm getting at, that you know this. And I want you to see that this is a part of something bigger. It's not just a grammar rule. It's, it's a, it shows how we feel and what we think and what we believe. It's a key to the human consciousness. Language does this all the time. And I think uh and the beautifully demonstrate it. So, so far, there's not much dancing, right? Um, it's just, you know, it's very technical still. But here we go. We're going to get deeper. Have you ever thought about the so-called irregular examples? You know, things like, oh, we met at the shopping mall. Or whenever he goes to a new town, he gets some tickets and goes to the theatre. Why the? The shopping mall, the theatre. The chances are that in both these situations, the listener doesn't know which shopping mall or which theatre the speaker's talking about, right? You met at the shopping mall. Which one? Why isn't it a shopping mall? He goes to the theatre. Every new town? Why not a theatre? We see this all the time, very often with places in the town like the bakers, the hairdressers, the supermarket. Even if the person listening doesn't know which supermarket you went to, you probably still say, I went to the supermarket. Even if the person listening doesn't know which hairdressers you went to, you'd probably still say, I went to the hairdressers. But this doesn't work for all places in a town. If the person listening doesn't know which cafe you went to, then you'd probably just say, I went to a cafe, not the. If the person listening doesn't know which concert you went to, then you'd probably say, I went to a concert, not the concert. No, the. So what's the difference? Okay, here's why. Here's what's happening here. They aren't just irregulars. They follow the same rule as the cat conversation. So remember that you choose to use the or a depending on whether the other person knows what you're talking about, right? This is the rule we established with the cat conversation. Now, I want you to picture in your head the last shopping mall you went to. You got it? You got an image in your head? Last shopping mall you went to? Okay. Now, I'm willing to bet you my second favorite pair of shoes that the image in your head is basically the same as the image in my head. Which is good, because you can't prove it, so I'm keeping those shoes. Shopping malls are all the same. 
They're universal experiences. We all know what it's like being in a shopping mall. This is globalization, right? We all have the same lives now. A shopping mall is a shopping mall. So, and this is the nice thing about language. When you tell someone from the other side of the world with a completely different background from you about something that happened to you in a shopping mall near your house by using the and saying the shopping mall, you are inviting that person into the image you have in your head of the, of the shopping mall because it's the same image. When you start telling a story about something that happened in the cinema, the cinema, you're letting your listener into the story. You're basically saying, we both have the same experience here. We are the same. You and I, we are the same. It's nice. It helps you bond with the listener. They've never been to the shopping mall near your house. They don't know anything about the cinema near your house, but you are inviting them there using the word the. Supermarkets, shopping malls, theatres, bakers, ballets, operas. They're all places where we have universal experiences, shared experiences. So we use the. Kind of deep, huh? Well, there's more. Let's keep going. What about cafes, concerts, historical sites? Okay, they, they're all different. If you close your eyes and think of the last cafe you went to, I bet it's different from the last one I went to. I mean, where are all the board games and the 1970s film posters? Different cafe, different image, different experience. And I'm into really weird music. Uh, if you know me well, I really am into strange music. I'm 200% sure that the last concert I went to was very different from the last one you went to. I bet at the last concert you went to, you could at least see the performers. The lights were on. Right, not at, not at the last one I went to. So we usually go for a cafe or a concert when the other person doesn't know which cafe or concert you mean. We don't use the like we do with supermarkets and shopping malls. Okay, so yeah, so we have universal experience places and non-universal experience places. Universal experience places like shopping malls and supermarkets and non-universal <laughs> experience places like cafes and historical sites. Places that are usually quite different from each other. But with some places, it feels right using a or the whether the other person knows which one it is or not. So it can be a universal experience place or a non-universal experience place. Did you hang out with Barry at the pub or did you hang out with Barry at a pub? Are you going to watch the fireworks from a park or are you going to watch the fireworks from the park? Well, it depends. The pub sometimes is a bit of a universal experience, especially in England. And of course, a lot of what I'm talking about today will be different depending on where you're from. And that's fine. Different cultures, different backgrounds, we use the language differently. That's the wonderful thing about it. And that's the point I'm trying to make today. You can use a or the, and that depends partly on your background, on your culture, on your experience of life. So yeah, pubs. Sometimes they're universal experience places, sometimes they're not. And it's the same with parks. 
And that's the power of the and a. That's the power of these articles. They can either let the person you're talking to into the image in your head, or it can show them that there's something special about the particular place you're talking about. Is it a universal experience or not? That's the big question between the and a. Okay, so we've got this sort of hierarchy now, right? At the bottom, we have the sort of non-universal experience level. He works in a cafe. I took him to a concert for the first time. And we can use a to mark this non-universal feeling. We're saying that, yeah, this, this is a unique place. It's kind of a special place. It's different from the other cafes, the other concerts. Then on the next level, we have the universal experience feeling, uh, the universal experience level. She always goes to the opera whenever she's in Europe. Don't ask me when they're coming back from the ballet. Those things go on forever. But whether it's non-universal experience or universal experience, these are all still real places, right? I mean, they're universal and the universal experience ones, but we still think of them as places. But what happens when you want to talk about a place, but you don't actually want to talk about the place? You want to talk about the status you get from being in that place. Okay, let me explain. That's a little bit complicated, but it's simpler than you think. For example, do you say, he can't read, he never went to the school? Or do you say, he can't read, he never went to school? Hmm. Well, if you're not sure, it's the latter. He never went to school. No, the. But school is a universal experience, right? So why not the? Let me give you a few more examples and see if you can figure it out. My uncle? Oh, he's in prison. He's out in about a year, I think. After the accident, my brother was in hospital for almost a week. I remember when I was at university, best days of my life. So, yeah, in prison, in hospital, at university, no the. But it's a universal experience. So what's happening here? When you say that your uncle's in prison, what's more important? The place he's in or the status, the condition, the situation? When you say my brother was in hospital, are we thinking about the experience of being in hospital or more about the status of being in hospital? He didn't go to school. Is the experience or the result more important? I just realized that sounded like I was saying my brother didn't go to school. He did go to school. He's a smart kid. Just saying. Anyway, for the record. Anyway, for some places institutions usually, you know, like prison, hospital, school, university, we think about being there as more of a kind of condition, not as a place and not as an experience. That's when we use no article. If someone tells you they went to university, you're thinking about their uh, status. You're thinking, oh, this is an educated person. You're not really imagining them studying much. You're considering what they're like as a person now. So yeah, that's when we use no article. We only tend to do this with some very specific places, uh, prison, hospital, school, and university. These are the most common ones. And this is the third 
most abstract level of using articles, or not using them in this case, to describe a place. So yeah, to recap those levels, at the bottom level, you have these sorts of individualistic places, uh, cafes, parks, historical sites. These are the, the non-universal experience places. Uh, use a if the person you're speaking to doesn't already know about this particular cafe, park, or historical site. Uh, so basically, they follow the normal cat rules. Then you have the universal experience level. The shopping mall, the cinema, the supermarket. And yeah, use the whenever you like with these. Unless you're speaking about a specific shopping mall or a specific cinema. You know, I live next to a cinema or uh, I went to an amazing shopping mall the other day. Finally, you have those places that aren't really places, but institutions that give you a sort of status, a condition that's more important than the physical place or even the experience of being there, in hospital, in prison, at university, at school. No article for these places, unless, of course, you're speaking about a particular school or a particular hospital or whatever. You know, my cousin... Jimmy, he uh, works in a hospital, for example. Um, or the city's amazing. It has a big university. And a museum about pencils. So your decision to use the or a or nothing can always be part of that dance, that stock market dance. When you're having a conversation with someone, you're engaging in some sort of relationship with them, Right. The articles you choose can help you relate to them in different ways by inviting them into the image in your head or by letting them know you want to tell them something new. It's all part of the dance, the stock market dance. And remember, these rules, of course, can be broken all the time. It's like Abra said, everything dies and everything changes. You know what? I think I just wanted an excuse to play some Abra, one of my favourite R&B artists. But um, I'm going to do that at the end of this episode, which is coming up very, very, very soon. Matter of seconds, in fact. But uh, before I do that, let me know what you think about this kind of mad, crazy uh, hot take I've got here. It's, it's just my angle on this. Um, and of course... You can look at language in any way you want. But if you find any of this useful or if you have any issues with what I have, um, what, I've, what I've had to say today, definitely, you should definitely open your email account and send me a very, very happy or a very, very angry email. Either of those will be very welcome. It's gabriel at clarkandmiller.com. Gabriel at clarkandmiller.com. And now, I'll just leave you with Abra. Remember, everything dies and everything changes. Bye.